2: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at
1: Marines.com.
2: You're listening to the Cleveland Browniacs, a show where two moderately intelligent guys attempt to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browniacs podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First sports network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennell and Joel Cade. You know that intro talks about two moderately intelligent guys trying to make sense of the Cleveland Browns, and after Week Two, these two moderately intelligent guys have a lot of work to do. I'm the philosopher, Joel Cade. This is the rocket science scientist, Elliot Kennel. We're the Cleveland Browniacs, and 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 Elliot, can you make sense of anything that happened on Monday Night Football?
1: Well, you know, it was a terrible tragedy, first of all, for Nick Chubb, who is the heart and soul of the team. This is Nick Chubb's team. I've said that all along. And uh, Nick suffered a terrible injury. The one thing I want to say is we should resist the temptation to play doctor and to assess uh, his knee injury from afar. We really don't know. Let's be patient, wait to see what the doctors have to say. I did read that, you know, there um, has been, been at least uh, one player that uh, managed to have three ACL injuries and still came back, made the Pro Bowl, and played nine years on that third ACL surgery. And uh, so I think it is, you know, uh, it, it makes sense to just wait and see. Um, we I saw a tweet, it.
2: I saw a tweet or a post, wherever the hell they call it now. Um, that was saying that amputation was literally an option at one point that they were concerned that one of the arteries in his leg was had burst and they were going to have to amputate his leg. Of course that tweet got cut down real quick. So I'm sure somebody in the NFL said, we're not putting that stuff out there. Cut that out now. So I've got it screenshotted. So if you ever want to see it, well, we we really don't know what's going to
1: happen. First of all, we have to be, uh, hoping and praying for health you know for recovery that he'll be able to have a normal life but i don't want to impose any limits on what uh, nick chubb might be able to do either um right we really don't know football isn't really that important in the overall scheme of things there's a lot of people that do great things that don't play football nick chubb is a really strong individual the Chubb family, by the way, is an absolutely fabulous story in its own right. I've read books on the Chubb family. They were, believe it or not, they were a free African-American family that lived in Georgia. And prior to the Civil War, they had Chubb Town uh, and they lived as a free family uh, and had their own city, a blacksmith shop and many other uh commercial enterprises that uh, dealt with a white society. And they just really were an amazing family all along. And um, they're a very, so very I don't,
2: family. I, I don't think it anybody's going to doubt Nick Chubb. I, I think the the question is, can he come back and play football for the Browns either next year or the year after? If he's going to recover, is he ever going to be the same? Those are the questions that, that the Browns have to ask. But what did you think of
1: Deshaun Watson on Monday night? Oh, my gosh. Deshaun Watson, there is no plan B, first of all. We are stuck with him. He has $200 million remaining on his contract, and no matter how mad you get it, Deshaun Watson, they can't cut him. If they were to cut him, they would have to pay $155 million in 2024 off the salary cap. So for those who say that the salary cap is not real... It's about to become very, very real. You can't take $155 million off the 2024 salary cap and expect to field a realistic team. It simply cannot be done. You're going to have to take just about every salary from every credible athlete on the team and jettison all of those players for whatever you can get. Any player that's overvalued, by the way, can't be traded. Nobody's going to take a player if they think he's being paid more than he's worth the 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 Browns may simply have to throw themselves at the mercy of the league and say my god we can't even give away these players because they're they're overvalued that that may simply be the case that they they can't get rid of players to cut the payroll they may not be able to cut the payroll so and, do you see do you see
2: Deshaun Watson right now like is this who he is Or do you
1: think he's a work in progress? Oh, my gosh. It's You know, he looked awful. We have seen this before where a player has come into a game poorly prepared and has run around behind the line of scrimmage scrambling and trying to improvise and make great plays and even having some success at it. Where have we seen that before? Johnny Manziel. Zell. He looked like Johnny Manziel. And so, man, I'm calling him Deshaunee football. He played like Deshaunee football. And, you know, in particular, there were some plays, uh, you know, where the Browns would send a receiver deep. And the receiver would go one way, and Deshaun Watson would throw the ball the other way. And you're thinking, man, the receiver and the quarterback are not on the same page. Who is it that is – making the mistake is it the quarterback or the wide receiver i think that it might very well be the quarterback and not the wide receiver that's making the play even though the uh, the broadcasters were saying oh i think the receiver ran the wrong way no 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 i think it's the quarterback threw the ball uh in the wrong direction for the wrong pattern uh i i think it's it's a it's a very, very serious problem. We may have to call into account whether the quarterback is actually preparing for the game plan. And okay. So let me go back
2: to, let me go back to the same question. Is this who he is period? Or do you think he's a work in progress? Well, is um, because that colors everything. Is face masking
1: part of the game plan, Joel? When the no, 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 no. no. The I'm just asking us. you,
2: do you think where Deshaun Watson is right now, That is that who he is? We're, we have seen Deshaun Watson. This is who he is, and we are stuck with him, which is, kind of sounds like what you're saying. Or are you saying, hey, this, this guy is a work in progress, and he's got to get better?
1: Well, you know, you always want to collect more data to find out the answer, but we've had eight data points that we've collected over the past two years. And the data is looking increasingly negative. Thus far, he's been the worst quarterback in the NFL after two games. Uh, he, he's been worse than Kenny Pickett. He's been terrible. And that's um, your that's your measuring point. How many Kenny Picketts is this guy worth? Oh my lord! Do you yeah, ever well, see he, the guy who would he, always? How like, many is been worth? One, you're
2: a guy who would rate quarterbacks, you know, people rate people by stars or stuff, but they would rate them in terms of Joe Flacco. This guy is one Joe Flacco, this guy is like three Flaccos, this guy is five Flaccos. So, the question is, is he one on a scale of one to five Kenny Pickett's? What, what is Deshaun Watson worth?
1: Oh, my goodness, um, a half a Kenny Pickett. I mean, is he uh, no Kenny Pickett's? Would you trade Kenny Pickett for uh, for uh, Deshaun Watson? That's a very good question. I don't know. Uh, that no. You would. The, no, would the Steelers do that even up if you could do it for no net increase in their cap? I don't think that they would. I think they like Kenny Pickett. Uh, it's just a horrible, horrible situation. So really. I guess
2: I'm going to say this. I I went. I'm going to pinch my other show. What the elf was that? And I did a long discussion of what is going on with Deshaun Watson and what the Browns need to do to fix the situation with Deshaun Watson. I'm going to highlight a couple things that I said, and then Elliot, you can disagree because it's not going down the same path you're going down. Um, One is Deshaun Watson's play problematic. Absolutely. We're going to agree on this. It's problematic. Okay. But I'm of the case of this is not a finished product because nobody's a finished product. But Deshaun Watson has to change the way he plays football. Let's think about this. The last time he really seriously played football was two years ago. And what was happening two years ago? And I'm going to fill you in on this. Lamar Jackson takes the ball, runs the corner, outruns everybody on the field, and scores a touchdown. That was what was dominating football. Lamar Jackson is just running up and down the league. Why? Because linebackers at that time are running... Four, seven, four, eight, 40s, while Lamar Jackson's running a four, five, four, four. Okay. In that environment, Deshaun Watson could run up and down the field and like run past people, like no problem, but that is not today's NFL. Lamar Jackson no longer does that in the NFL. That's why the Ravens got that offense that they're running that the stupid Bengals couldn't figure out whatever. Right. But like, The Bengals are morons and deserve to lose that game with their defensive game plan. I digress. Lamar Jackson doesn't run around, and when Lamar Jackson runs out of the pocket, what happens to him? Somebody chases him down before he gets to the sideline. Watch Lamar Jackson play. It's not that he's choosing to be a pocket passer. It's that the NFL has changed to the point where he has to be a pocket passer because his game no longer relevant. So he's going to have to throw the football if he's going to survive in the NFL. This is exactly where Deshaun Watson's at. Okay. We saw this on display Monday night. He would like, okay, I don't see something. I don't like that choice. I'm going to take off. And what happens? He gets chased down by defensive lineman. He gets chased down by a linebacker and he's just not used to it. So he's going to have to understand that in his time off, the game changed around him. And he has to change his game to fit the today's NFL. Not two years ago NFL, but this year's NFL. So that's the first thing that has to happen. Deshaun Watson needs to have a wake-up call about what he can and cannot do in the NFL. Okay? Number two, these offenses that Deshaun, that uh, Kevin Stefanski come out with are notoriously difficult to learn. Okay? Like these Shanahan offenses. They take at least a year and a half to get this stuff down. And that's not me talking. That's people who understand football. That's people I've listened to, watched, talked with, people who've installed these systems. It takes a long time because the passing game is predicated on a West Coast offense, which is notoriously difficult to understand and to work because it requires a lot of checkdowns. This is why, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson looks confused half the time out there. He looks like a deer looking in the headlights because he's overwhelmed with the choices and decisions that he has to make. And then when he can't make the decision, he's either double pumped. It is a little indecisive and the ball's late or it's in a bad spot because the receiver is moved because that's what happens when you're indecisive. And then if he gets indecisive enough, he's like, crap, I can't throw it now and takes off and gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage because That's the current NFL. So what the Browns, in my opinion, need to do is not give up on Deshaun Watson, but they're going to have to like one. Watson's going to have to understand his game is no longer running around making plays. That's over. Okay. even when um, uh, Patrick Mahomes goes out and makes plays, he's only running four or five steps to the left, to the right. He's not running around back and forth and all this crap like Watson's trying. He runs four or five steps throws it or throws it out of bounds or runs as fast as he can for a marker, right? And he's not outrunning people. He's not trying to outrun people like Watson is right now because Watson has yet to figure out that the league is caught up to him. So the Browns have to simplify their pass game, make these reads extremely simple for him until he builds some confidence. Then you layer the next level of complexity on top of it, much like Descartes' discourse on method. And I know you've been waiting for me to bring philosophy into this. Mm. You break things down to the smallest pieces and you build it back together. Now I'm sure they did this in camp. Okay. But camp is different from games. So now you've got to break it down into the smallest pieces and reconstruct the system around Watson as it goes through the week. And it's not that uncommon. It's not that uncommon to see that in the NFL. So there's my take on Watson. I think. We can disagree on this, but I don't think yeah. he's done.
1: I, well, no, I don't know if he's done or not, but I don't think that he's, you know, his game shows an evidence of lack of preparation. I would defer to uh, Troy Aikman, if you'll give me just a minute to share a screen here. Um, sure. Let me see if I've got uh, my share screen. And for screen the record, key. I hate announcers, I hate them all, particularly yeah. Joe
2: Buck, man. That dude, Joe Buck, makes me so mad. Okay, like,
1: well, Troy Aikman like, knows something about quarterbacking. Something well, I'm, I'm not talking about Troy
2: Aikman. I'm talking about <laughs> Joe Buck. I'm talking about that moron Joe Buck.
1: Okay, are you seeing uh, the? Uh, yep, that's right here. Screen. Okay, Browns against Steelers. Here's Deshaun Watson. Okay, here's his preparation. Here's his pregame preparation.
0: Deshaun Watson. He's what meditating. That's a yeah. member of his performance team. That's sitting next to him he's doing some visualization maybe a little meditation but definitely was going through the visualization part of it and see whether or not that pays dividends for him on this drive.
1: well okay there we go uh see if we stop sharing okay you're gonna you're gonna have to
2: help me with this one what's wrong with deshaun watson sitting on the sideline meditating
1: well i Troy Aikman is laughing at him. I don't know that you know. To me, it's it's uh, Deshaun Watson deciding that he's going to wing it. He's just meditating. Okay, I don't see that at all. Line. I
2: don't. I don't see that at all. What I see there is Deshaun Watson employing every single part of sports psychology he can. Okay, and one of that is meditation. I taught my kids to meditate during games, or at least not during, games, but after games and before games. Visualize yourself seeing yourself being successful. Visualize yourself defeating your opponent. Visualize yourself as big, strong, and powerful, and your opponent as small and weak, and you defeating your opponent. Okay, that's like a part of sports psychology. You want to bump up your confidence. Okay, I can totally see that. I had no problem with that. The only thing I thought of I'll was that scene from... I saw work. that. Have it you seen the movie? Uh, have you seen that movie Nacho Libre? Where like. Um the pro wrestler is like got his little sports psychology guy like
1: Ramesses muscles is number one, you know, that kind of thing. Have you ever seen this? No, I didn't. I didn't. What I saw was Deshaun Watson getting caught for uh holding on to the Steelers helmets, and I just oh my god. I, I just Yeah, thought, he's gonna have to uh knock sure. off the whole grabbing a face mask and yeah, uh,
2: I mean. That kind uh. of thing. All right, let me see if I can share this one. Can you hear that when it was playing? Let me see if I can share this little clip. Let the commercial play. Okay, let me see. Present. Ah, I presented the wrong thing. Okay. Um, share screen. All right. I don't know if you can really hear this, but this is what I was thinking of. This scene right here this is Deshaun Watson getting ready. Ramses is the number one. His legs are number one. His eyes.
1: Are number one. Well, yeah, he did like massages. That's for sure. One. I
2: don't know if you could hear what was being said. Ramses is number one. Yes, that's it. This is this is what I saw on on uh, on uh, that little clip. Ramses is number one. His okay. muscles are number one. Like it's well, just pumping him up psychologically to go out there and be number one.
1: Okay, well, it didn't work. It did not work against Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh has a great number one defense. That is true. Let me issue this warning that if the Browns decide to move away from from Deshaun Watson, it will cost $155 million against the 2024 cap. They don't have that. It's almost impossible to take that much money out of one year's cap. It is impossible.
2: I don't think they're walking away from Deshaun Watson. They will do everything in their power to make this situation work because they have to Sfans- make it. Sefansky's job is on the line. This is their guy. They lobbied. They did whatever they could to get this guy. And everybody gonna, will be fired. Live and die. Died. They're going to live and die with this guy because of all the turmoil this guy has brought. Everyone will lose their job if he yes. doesn't pan
1: out. That's exactly my point. There all right, so no- let's
2: go to uh, let's go to break here real let's quick, break. and we're going to go to break and pay the bills and make millions of dollars and on the other side we're going to get ready for tennessee titans Woo!
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
2: All right, guys, we're back. Leaving the Deshaun Watson mess aside, and we're not even talking about his off-field stuff. We're talking about his on-field stuff. Leaving all that mess aside, it is time to, in Bill Belichick's words, we're moving on to Tennessee. We're on to Tennessee. We're on to Tennessee. Now, before we get started, I want to point this out. Fans have been obsessed with, with Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson. I am hoping... That the Browns players themselves are moving on to Tennessee because you can't get wrapped up in this crap and let Monday night loss turn into a next Sunday loss. Move the page, move on. We're on to Tennessee.
1: That's right. Let's go on to Tennessee. Shall we do the? Yeah. Here okay. There we go.
2: There we go. We go.
1: All so right. We got Let's the graphic up. And okay. We've got, we got the. Go ahead. Elliot. We got. We got the Tennessee offense up and we have the Browns' defense. We've changed things a little bit since last week. We still have uh, some uh, dark blue uh, on the defensive line, for those who are just listening and getting the audio only, not the visuals. We have Shelby Harris and Dalvin Tomlinson with dark green. Those are very good players. Uh, The uh, Titans are pretty good on the offensive line, but look who we have on the far right at right tackle. Is that Chris that's, Hubbard that's Chris Hubbard who's been you know who was injured all the time for the Browns and he's I think he's older than you are He probably he's, is he's about uh, I don't know 52 years old and hasn't played that would be but older like than me he's played like 15 snaps in the past three years and got paid bazillions of dollars by the Browns there he is starting uh, for the Tennessee Titans, and he actually was a green box by Pro Football Focus. I refused to accept that, and I demoted him to a light orange. I think he's a below-average right tackle. I do not accept the fact, you know, they gave him a green grade, and I don't know who he played in the first two games, but I just don't believe that he can possibly be a green, you know, above-average um, tackle. He goes so this up represents Darius um, Smith. Yeah, so Elliot. This represents your grades of these players, correct? I, I base it mainly on uh, Pro Football Focus's grades of, over the this year and also last year. Remember, however, that Pro Football Focus always admonishes its users that they are uh, using the performance against the game plan. Did they execute the plays? You know, each play is graded separately. But what we really want to know what what I want to know. And I think most fans is how good are these players. And so I've Mm -hmm. kind of taken some liberties and some judgments on on that. As long as 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 we Uh, got our out there, our,
2: our methods are out there. All right. So they've got, they've
1: got some decent talent, you know, Um, I've given Derek Henry has been a blue box for the longest time. He's sort of been a green box this year, according to pro football focus. And I think it's probably justified. They're perceiving That he's gotten older and is not as good as he used to be. I think maybe that's probably true. So I went along with their judgment on that point. Ryan Tannehill is kind of an average quarterback, like 16th out of 32. You know, not really a star. Um, But they've got good players uh, up and down their team. DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, also Green Box. He is not a Superstar wide receiver uh, anymore, but he is very good at making contested catches. You know, he's not a he's not a you know four three guy, uh, but when he goes up against a very good cornerback and they throw the ball at him, he usually comes down with it. So let's keep an eye on him. I have said that the Browns' secondary and some of the linebackers are actually a little bit below average. I upgraded Grant Delpit, who's played out of his mind the past two games. He's green now. He was yellow. And uh, so there you have it. I think it's probably pretty evenly matched there, but I do think that the Browns' defensive line is more talented than the Tennessee offensive line. Tannehill will be running for his life. But there again, if he gets the ball to his wide receivers, he can connect.
2: So I I look at this and I think that this favors the Browns in a lot of ways because the Titans are going to be running that Kyle Shanahan, you know, uh, outside zone offense. And this team really can stack that stuff up and stop the run. I mean, this Mm -hmm. defense can really put put that to a rest. Um, the, The only thing you have after that is, play action passes off that and then i think the defense the secondary has really played well i don't know what the hell denzel ward was doing when they gave up that 72 yard touchdown it's like playing off he must have thought he had help on the inside that wasn't there it had to be a busted play because <clears> there was nobody over the middle in that play yeah um but beyond that i think the brown secondary matches up except for the fact like ward is small and these are big guys out there so unless you got Ward trailing DeAndre Hopkins, you put Traylon Burks on uh, Ward, he's going to jump over top of him all day long. So I, I don't see a real mismatch anywhere. I do like the Browns in this situation.
1: Yeah, I think I agree also. I, the you know, In fact, against Pittsburgh, the Browns defensive unit was the strongest unit on the field. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Absolutely. The Browns offense lost the game. Yes, was that, that's literally what easy. happened. Okay, yeah. let's talk about the bad news uh, here again. Okay, I've got some yellow boxes for the Tennessee defense. I would like to mention also Jeffrey Simmons is the guy that could have been drafted by the Cleveland Browns, but that draft choice uh, was uh, traded for Odell Beckham Jr. wound up in Tennessee somehow, and uh, he wound up being a very, very good uh, defensive uh, linemen. Um, but, yeah, they've got some some guys that are not, uh, you know, a little bit below average in my estimation. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is the guy you got to worry about on this defensive
2: yeah, line. Yeah, he's a badass. He can be the game wrecker. I mean, Arden has- Key, Harold Landry, they're okay. You've got them in yellow there. But Jeffrey Simmons is the guy when you line up,
1: you got to figure out where he's at and what you're accounting for. Yes, and, and there are no other beat up and gave up a lot of sacks the past two games for the Cleveland Browns. Our tackles had uh, struggles, Jed Wills and Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones actually gave up quite a bit of uh stats uh, to our favorite uh, uh defender in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not even going to mention his name because I'm so pissed at him, but uh, you know what you happened? Mean, you mean Joe Buck almost having an orgasm every time the guy got near the anything? Yeah. Just oh, look!
2: He's on the screen! Oh my god! Like, that's Joe Buck.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. There you are. Um, but yeah, let's give the man his due. He, they uh, really got through the Browns uh, offensive line, made it look much worse than it probably actually is, but Mm-hmm. Uh, Dewan Jones had a very rough game. Let's put it that way. Uh, Jed Wills has had a very rough two games.
2: Dewan so. Jones is played in his first full game as a rookie. Yeah. Against, that was, against uh, oh my God, I'm going to have an orgasm guy. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I'm going to spare him a little bit. Jed Wills Jr. On the other hand.
1: Yeah. I think was, we're
2: all kind of tired of this act.
1: It was T-T-J, TJ Watts is who we're talking about. No, I said I, his name,
2: but okay. I, I think we're all kind of tired of the Jed Will's act. I mean, I would take Chris Hubbard over Jed Will's right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: okay, I'm, well, I don't know they...
2: what I don't know what to say, man. The guy's been around for four years. They pay, is this his fifth year? They pick up his option. I mean, is he going to be around next year too? I, I mean, think.
1: I think this is his fourth year. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. Would... I mean, going
2: to be around next year too. I mean, the first thing the Browns have to do when they get a first round pick, they're got to draft a tackle. That's
1: what they're going to have to do. Well, okay. In any case, there's Jed. I, I did not give him a very good score. Um, so what did PFF give him?
2: I mean, I could look it up. I have a subscription, but I'm just too lazy.
1: Uh, I, I forget. It was either orange or red. It was it was in that range. Joel Batonio is still really uh, the brown star on the offensive line. Postick also very, very good. Wyatt Teller, not quite as good as he was two years ago. Um, Elijah Moore, I also give a very poor grade to, um, he's batting 300 on pass receptions. That's not very good. Um, we could blame the quarterback, I suppose. I and uh, I would, I would personally, Well, he's okay, not, Watson's he not did. putting people in positions to catch balls. Okay. In but nevertheless, games. Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore has never had a good season. He's never caught a high percentage of balls that were targeted to him. And right now he's catching about 30% of the balls that are targeted to him. That's not just, it's just not impressive. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I think is, you need
2: to go back and watch those plays to see how many of those are his fault. Yeah. Okay? Well, but he targeted, targeted hasn't team. done anything good. Okay, but a target could literally be him running down the field and the ball is thrown five yeah, okay, feet over I his head out of bounds, and then he's not catching was, the target. You, you mean, can like, say
1: that nothing was his fault, but he still hasn't done anything good either, right? How much? Is, how saying, much good has the entire offense done? Well, okay, give them all red boxes. I don't care. But he, I mean, hasn't I'm not saying that. I'm up. just saying.
2: You got to keep him in context, man. I know you're hyped up about this guy, but you got to keep that in context.
1: Okay, well, he can get a yellow box next week, but for the moment, nothing positive has happened at that position. There hasn't been anything positive. Uh, Deshaun it hasn't been Watson, much positive. Deshaun Watson, you can say that all of his problems were that his receivers have dropped the ball on him. But nothing I'll, I'll tell you this. from from quarterback. If you
2: want to talk about me going on a rant? Here's my rant. Harrison Bryant If I was Deshaun Watson, I would never, ever throw the ball to Harrison Bryant again, ever, okay? Because every time that guy gets a ball near him, for whatever reason, he tries to catch it like this, which is dumb, and then the ball goes up in the air, and then some dude's going to intercept it every single time. I watched it three times in Pittsburgh. I would never throw him the ball again, period. I would think about cutting him if I was Cleveland. I'm, I mean, that's how okay. bad he is as a receiver. I would think about cutting him.
1: All right. Okay. Well, yeah, he's he's not on, uh, on this uh, formation. I've shown the three wide receiver formation with the idea that we're supposed to be this deep strike offense team rather than the uh, two tight end team that we used to be. Although I have my doubts. Um, but OK, we also have Jerome Ford. He's now a green box. Uh, he's our starting halfback. Had a great game. I, I, you know, I have complained about the lack of depth in the running back room. We have Jerome Ford, who's now the first string halfback, and he's still the kick returner. I don't know that one running back can do both jobs. I think the Browns need to pick up a kick returner in order to give uh, Jerome Ford some, some rest. He's really expected to do way too much, I think. So they did sign uh, Kareem Hunt. Maybe that'll help out, although the reason why they didn't retain him was they didn't think he had anything left in the tank. So I'm not really sure that that's really the right move. Well, maybe that wasn't an accurate report. But um, what's that?
2: That they didn't think he had anything left in the tank. Maybe it wasn't an accurate report.
1: Because if you truly well, thought he they, had nothing left in the tank. You know. They didn't sign him. He wasn't on the roster.
2: Right, but now that you need somebody, why are you picking him back up if you don't think he's any good?
1: That's a very good question. Because why are the Browns doing anything? that they're They're... Because they're panicking, that's why. I don't
2: think they're panicking. I think they've got a plan to go Jerome Ford, and they need a a veteran backup at this point. When your veteran guy was Nick Chubb, you could go with an inexperienced backup. But when your backup becomes the guy, you need an experienced name in that room or
1: voice in that room to help the guy get through. They needed to have uh, three and preferably four running backs And they didn't have enough bodies in the running back room. They just didn't. And uh, now all of a sudden they're realizing that, oh, we don't have enough people here.
2: I think a panic move would be to trade a high draft pick for Jonathan Taylor. That's a panic move.
1: That would be a panic move. That would be stupid.
2: That's a panic move. I think what you should do if you're interested. We don't have any high draft picks, by the way. But okay. Well, I mean, if you're interested in Jonathan Taylor, wait till he becomes a free agent because they're not picking up his, they're not franchising that dude. He, he he's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. That situation in Indianapolis is over. He's gonna hit the market, and if you want him, get him then. That way, you're not paying any draft picks for him. Well, okay. So I wouldn't be sad about that. By the way, you put Nick Chubb, who's recovering from an injury, in there with Jonathan Taylor. I'm actually pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, well, wait and see. We don't know what we're going to get out of Nick Chubb. Um, we don't know what we're going to get out of Jerome Ford. We may look at Jerome Ford and be like, Nick who? Well, no, that's not going to happen. But I think Jerome, <laughs> we're reasonably optimistic that Jerome can perform at an NFL level. Um, but, uh, you know, wait and see. I think there should there should have been another running back in that room all along. But um, we'll see. I had some guys that I wanted to pick up. From the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs that are on their practice squad, and I think we should should uh, select them. Well, the problem
2: with I that is you got to I... bring him in, and they got to teach him the offense. That's what makes yeah. Kareem Hunt like a good pickup because he already knows the offense. The yeah, terminology is totally. probably the same. There might be some different wrinkles, but you can get somebody up to speed pretty quick, especially if you just have a small package of plays for them. He'll be all right, besides Kareem Hunt can pass block, and, and you're going to need somebody to come in there and take those hits, and he can be that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I I think at this point it makes sense, but if they'd have picked somebody up earlier, that you know they'd be on their way to learning the offense. So, you know, they got this guy, uh, Strong is his name, right? From mm-hmm. New England, Pierre and Strong, so, yeah, Pierre. So he's going to get you know some carries, uh, soon, I think. He I doubt that. But, uh, I think you know, it's is going to be Ford and Hunt.
2: I don't see Pierre Strong getting on the field.
1: Uh, we'll see. But you He need ran to... the ball
2: forward and got stood up and ran
1: backward. I don't see him on the field much. Well, I think he's supposed to be the third down change of pace guy. That wasn't really his uh, calling. But okay. All right. Browns do not have depth in the running back room. That is for sure. Maybe now they do. We'll see. We'll see. All right,
2: Elliot, we're coming up on it. Okay. So another great episode, almost in the books. Got to ask you a question. What parting shots, anything you want to say about the Tennessee game
1: coming up? I just want to see normal football. That's what I want to see. I'm really, really worried about Deshaunee football. I just want to see him play like a major league quarterback. That's what I want to see. So I just want to see uh, Stefanski, and I think he will. He's done a pretty good job
2: with quarterbacks in the past. I want to see him simplify the offense, give Watson some easily defined reads, get in his head. This is the part I don't think is going to happen. Get in his head and teach him that he is not going to outrun people like he used to. It's That's just not the league anymore. And so he needs to learn to stand back, read his progressions, and throw the football. That's one. And two, when he runs, he needs to pick and choose when he runs, and where it's safe, where he can make yards. Otherwise, you got to throw the ball away. You can't make a play out of a bust every single time. It's just, just not happening.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't want to see this Johnny Manziel style football where we're going to just scramble and try to do some kind of extemporaneous miracle. Uh, no, we're not. Well, I, do I don't that. know if he's trying to do that,
2: but at least when he's getting flushed out of the pocket. He's got to understand he has a limited amount of time. He's got to make a decision quick. He can't, he's not running all the way to the sideline to run out of bounds. He's going to be caught halfway. So he's going to have to take three or four steps and unload the ball either to someone or out of bounds or tuck it and run and commit to it, which means instead of going sideways, you're going forward. So he he's just got to make quicker decisions. You know, and the way you can speed up the process is always just got to get comfortable, make decisions. You speed up the process of getting comfortable by making the offense easier. So, I think the Browns need to make the offense a little easier for him to help him get some confidence and make good decisions, and then layer the complexity back on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We'll see what happens. We'll see. This, yeah, we'll see. We need. We'll see what happens. One more data point, and we'll see. All right.
2: Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Brownie. Please like and follow us on Spotify, and give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Go Browns!